Max Lucado tells a story of a woman who had a, a parakeet named Chippy. Now, she loved Chippy because uh, he was such a happy little songbird, and, and Chippy's constant uh, singing just seemed to brighten her day. Well, one day she was cleaning the bottom of Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner when the telephone rang. She reached for the telephone without removing the vacuum cleaner nozzle, which was a huge mistake. And the vacuum cleaner nozzle got pointed in the the, uh, direction of poor little Chippy, and he was suddenly sucked up into the machine. When the woman looked up and realized what what had happened, she was just absolutely horrified. And she dropped the telephone, and, and she turned off the vacuum cleaner, and she opened it up, and she ripped open the vacuum cleaner uh, uh, dust bag and, and, and pulled poor little Chippy out. And Chippy was just a, a, real, a real mess, I mean, uh, he, but he was still alive. And so she raced to the kitchen sink to try to clean up poor little Chippy, and, and, uh, and she turned the water on full force and put him underneath there. And the more she tried to wash him, the worse he started looking. And, and so she took him into the bathroom thinking, I need to get him dried off. And so she grabbed her hair dryer and turned it on him full force, high heat. Well, finally she got them dry and put him back in the cage. And then a, several days later, the, a friend called and asked her how Chippy was doing. And she said, well, he's alive, but he just sits in his cage and stares out into space. Then she thoughtfully added, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. Have you ever had a bad day? You ever had a bad month? You just had a bad streak. You ever, have you ever suffered and just uh, ended up feeling like Chippy where you're just sitting there staring out into space want, wondering what in the world just happened to you? Well, there are times when life just, it feels like life just swallows us up and chews us up and then spits us out again. Well, if you've ever felt that way, I want you to know you're not the first. There, there are many people throughout history who have felt that way. There are many people that feel that way right now. And as a matter of fact, King David uh, was, was one who felt that way himself. In Psalm 56, David wrote this. He said, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I, I put my trust in you. O God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I pray I shall not be afraid. Who, what can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they've waited for my life. You know, David, in this, when he wrote this, he was in a very dangerous, extremely painful situation. What was happening was that King Saul, the king of Israel at the time, was trying to kill David. And Now David had never done anything wrong to, to Saul to deserve this, yet Saul is actively trying to kill him, trying to murder him. He'd actually even tried to pin him to the wall with a spear. Twice he had tried to do that. Well, in order to get away from King Saul, he, David fled to Ramah, which was where the prophet Samuel was running a sort of a school for prophets. And I don't have time to get into everything that happened there. But eventually from there he fled to Gath, which was kind of hilarious, kind of amazing to me that he would go to Gath because that was where Goliath was from. And it hadn't been that long ago that he had killed Goliath. Well, when he got there, the Philistines realized who he was and they seized him and, and they, they realized this is the great Israeli war hero. And, and so they, they captured him and they were going to do what they wanted to to him. They were going to kill him. 
And then and in order to get out of that, David had to pretend that he was out of his mind just to save his life. I mean, there's no doubt he lost all of it, every every ounce of his dignity that he had left. And he had to act like a complete fool to escape the Philistines. And here he was, his He was a wanted man in his own nation. The Philistines were ready to kill him. The pressure on David was relentless. They they fought with him all day long. They they trampled on him all day long. He said there was no rest. There was no peace. They were twisting his words and and they were lying in wait to, to, to get him. They were just waiting for him just to make a mistake. You know, there are times in life when when we feel just like David. Now, I hope you don't have some evil king uh, out there trying to kill you, but I, I know this. We do have a, an enemy who is very real, who wants nothing for you but to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy everything in your life that you hold dear. And sometimes in life we feel that relentless pressure from the attack of the enemy. There, there are times when we feel the relentless pressures uh, pressures of life. Sometimes we, we feel just the weight of sickness, whether it's uh, our own sickness or someone that we love. Sometimes we carry with us the, the weight of dis- discouragement and we feel that. And sometimes we feel as if we're being crushed by the overwhelming weight of, of, of life's circumstances. And, and the truth is sometimes life is hard and sometimes life hurts. But I want you to know God knows where you are. In verse 8, David wrote this. He said, you have kept count of my tossings. Listen, God knows where you've been. He knows where you are. And he knows where you will be. He, he has watched you as, you as you would toss and turn in your bed at night, haunted by your worries and haunted by your fears. He was with you and has been with you at every turn of your life. He was there when you got the, that news that just turned your world upside down. He was holding your hand when your heart was broken by that, that unforeseen event in your life. He was keeping count of every time that this broken world shortchanged you. Nothing that has happened in your life has ever caught him by surprise. He knew all of your days before one of them came to be. Psalm 139 says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All uh, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Listen, I want you to know this. God never has to worry and fret over what he's going to do next. We do. We, we get in situations we don't know what to do next, but God has never, ever been in a situation where he said, I wonder what I should do next. I don't know how to handle this. He's never faced that because, you see, we're caught off guard by circumstances. We're caught off guard by those things, but he never is caught off guard. He loves you, and he loves you so much that, he, that he's keeping tabs on you. You know, we, we've all witnessed the love that a mother has for her children you know, a mother wants to know where her, her, her children are at all times. You know, as a, as a toddler, the, the mother keeps tabs on that little one so that he or she doesn't get into, into something that's going to hurt him or her. And, or, and as that child grows, the mother still wants to know where that child's going to be at all times. They want to know what, where they are and what they're doing. They want to know that they're safe. They want to take care of them. And then that child becomes a teenager, and we know what it's like then because as a teenager, you don't think that your mom should have to know where you are at all times, but mom has a different idea about that. And 
You know, I mean, the truth is, I'm an adult. I, I, I'm, I'm 56 years old, and yet my mom still wants to know where I am. Now, I'm not saying she wants to know exactly what I'm doing and exactly where I am, or what I'm saying is she still wants to know that I'm okay. She still wants to keep tabs on me because she loves me that much. Now, the question I have for you is this. If a human mother can love, can love so much that she watches over her own child, how much more then can we rest assured that our Heavenly Father is watching over us? He's keeping tabs on you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through right now at this very moment. You know, sometimes we get in, in times in our lives, certain, cer- certain situations different circumstances, and we begin to think that somehow that God has forgotten us. But the Bible tells us he has not forgotten us, that he'll never forget us. In fact, Isaiah, it says that he has engraved us on the palm of his hand. If, if you want to know where you are, all, all, God, all you have to know is that you're right there in the hand of God. That's a powerful thought for us to be able to hold on to. You know, he said, goes on in verse 8, and he said, you have kept count of my tossings but then he says you put my tears in your bottle are they not in your book now there are some that have said that this was referring to an old roman and greek custom of where they would catch the tears of the mourner in a little clay bottle and then that would be offered up to the to their gods on the altar but that's not what david was saying here that's not what he was talking about number 1 david was not roman or greek he had no idea what their traditions were but but the other thing is that the word that he uses here does not refer to a little clay bottle it's the hebrew word that that means a wine skin it was a wineskin. So what David is saying here, he's, he says that in the same way that a wineskin catches the juice of the grape when it is squeezed in the wine press, so it is that, that God catches your tears when circumstances and pain and heartaches uh, uh, that come in life begin to squeeze the life out of you. David is saying that here that when your, when your heartaches squeeze you, when the, when the trials of life are, are, are surrounding you, when it feels as, as if life is going to crush you that that and and in that moment when those tears begin to flow that God himself catches those tears and saves them you are so precious to him that he watches the tears rolling down your cheeks and he reaches out and he catches them before they can hit the ground he sees the pain and he keeps record of the tears that you cry you know some of you you may have laid your your head on your pillow last night And the pain was just too much to bear. The anxiety, the worry was too much to handle. And the tears began to flow. Some of you cried yourself to sleep last night or some some night last week or in recent days. And as you lay there in in all of the fear and all the pain and all the heartache and everything that's going on, you, you began to wonder to yourself, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? I'll tell you exactly where he is. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He is moved with compassion when he sees the pain and the suffering of his children. He's keeping record of your tears. In fact, Hebrews chapter 2 tells us that one of the reasons why Christ came to this earth was so that he could go through the things that we go through ourselves. And and then when we're overwhelmed with the sorrow, with the pain, with the heartache, with the the different things we have to walk through in this life, that, that as we 
sit on our bedside and we weep that he sits there with us and he weeps alongside of us and he says, I know, I know, I I know how it feels. I know exactly what it's like to lose somebody that you love to the clutches of death. I, I know what it feels like to watch someone you love stray from the God whom you love so dearly. He says, I know what it feels like to be stabbed in the back. I know what it feels like to be betrayed. I I, I know what it feels like. I was betrayed by one of my closest friends with a kiss, no less. He is there, and as you weep, you don't weep alone. He is the God who is there. And the good news is this. There is a day coming for those who are followers of Christ when he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Think about that. The very hand of God will touch your face and he will wipe your tears away for good. He'll wipe your tears away for good. But you know what? Until that day comes, then he is tenderly catching every tear that you cry for his record. He knows where you are. He knows what you're walking through. Listen to what he says next. Then my friends will turn back on the, excuse me, then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know. I love that phrase. He's not this that I, this I hope for, this I think, this I believe. He says, this I know. This I know that God is for me. God is for me. Listen, there has never been a time when God was not for you. And you look at me, you you hear me say that and you say, oh, but Pastor Dave, you don't know what I've done in my past. You don't know how I've lived in my past. You don't know the terrible things that I've done. I'm here to tell you it does not matter. God is still for you. Listen to what it says in the devotional morning and evening. He was for us before the worlds were made. He was for us or, or he would not have given his beloved son. He was for us when he smote his only begotten son and laid the full weight of his wrath upon him. He was for us when we were rebels against him and stood in defiance against him. He was for us or he would not have brought us humbly to seek his face. He has been for us in many struggles. We have faced hosts of dangers. We have been assailed by temptations from without and within. How could we have remained unharmed to this hour if he had not been for us? He is for us with all the infinity of his being, with all the omnipotence of his love, with all the infallibility of his wisdom, arrayed in all his divine attributes. He is for us throughout eternity. How awesome is that? He's for us throughout eternity. God is on your side. God is on your side. And I want you to know, you say, how do you know that? Well, he proved it at the cross. He proved it at the cross. The cross is God's ultimate expression of love for us. Because even though we were, we were still his enemies, we, we weren't looking to be friends with God. We weren't wandering around saying, I sure would like to have a relationship with my creator. No, no, we were enemies. We were walking in rebellion. We were against him. And in the middle of that, instead of, instead of just letting us go and receive what we deserve, he, he came and he, and he took our place and he died on the cross for us. Listen, when you begin to doubt God's love and God's commitment to you, you need to go back to the cross. You go back to that place. You sit down at the foot of the cross. 
cross. Kneel at the foot of the cross and remember, remember what he did for you. Remember that he, he did that because he loved you, because he wanted you to, to, to be his child, because he wanted to bring you into relationship with himself. Remember where you were. Remember who you are. were. Remember the things that you had done and, and remember where you could have been. And in that moment, you will know God is for you. You know what? It doesn't matter what you may be facing, whether it's sickness or depression or or sin or or maybe some sort of bondage or addiction or discouragement. Maybe you're just walking and you feel the face of uh, uh, the, the attack of the enemy in your life. I want you to know God is for you. He is for you. And then Paul said, if God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He he is ready today to move on behalf of the heart that begins to cry out to him. He's waiting to show himself strong on behalf of the weak. He's waiting for us to admit our weakness so that he can put his strength on full display. He's waiting for us to realize that he is for us. And when we call up on him, our enemies will flee. It's what James said in James 4, 7. He said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, I want to make sure we understand this. He says, we like the last part that says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And we like to quote that, but we need to remember, you can't quote just half the verse. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. He says, start right there. That if you're walking in fear, if you're under attack, don't don't just uh, start trying to resist the devil. You need to submit to God first. You need to submit to him. You need to submit to his love. You need to submit to his lordship. You need to say, Lord God, I need you and I I give myself to you. And as you do that, then your big brother Jesus stands behind you as you resist the devil. And he flees from you, not because he's afraid of you, but because you're standing submitted to to the all-powerful, completely knowing, all-loving, completely omnipotent God. And he flees. Listen, I believe that God has laid this message on my heart for you today. You're sitting there. You're listening to this. You're watching this. And, you say, and you're, you've been wondering, God, where are you? This is his word for you today. This is what he's trying to get across to you. And I believe there are people this morning, people listening to this, people watching this, that need to hear, God is for you. God is on your side. You, you may be battling sickness You may be battling disease. You may be battling discouragement. You may be fighting, uh, wrestling with some long-standing sin in your life. You may be hurting and maybe not even really know why you're hurting, but you just feel that, that angst and that pain inside of your life. You may have been feeling the attack of the enemy in your life, but listen, if you fall under any of those categories or any other category that I can't even think of this, this day, I want you to hear this. God is for you. God is for you. And right there where you are, whether you're sitting with family or you're sitting alone, I want you to say it out loud. Say, God is for me. Say it out loud right now. God is for me. Now, I know it feels weird saying that out loud in your home, but say it again. Say it with confidence. God is for me. God is for me. He's on your side. And if God is for us, then who can be against us?
with God on our side, what do we have to fear? Do we have to be afraid of COVID-19? No, we don't. Because, listen, if God is on my side, if I'm a child of God, even if COVID-19 comes into my life, even if it stops me from breathing, I still have him. and I have eternity that I can look forward to. Listen, I want to pray for you. And I want to ask God to touch you. I want him to uh, ask him to fill the room where you are. And if you're hurting today, I'm just, I just encourage you, just reach out to God. He's been waiting for you to do it. He's been waiting for you to call his name. He's been waiting for you to, to submit yourself to him. He's been waiting for you to stop trying to figure it out yourself. He's been waiting for you to, to stop trying to heal yourself. He's been waiting for you just to come to him. So right where you are, whether you're watching on your phone, whether you're in your car, whether you're at home in your living room, wherever you are, just encourage you today. Would you just turn to him? In your own way, in your own words, just turn to him and say, Lord, here I am. I submit myself to you because I know you are for me. You are on my side. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are sitting right now. I pray for that one that is hurting. Nobody else really even understands the pain. Nobody else really understands what they've, what they've walked through. And Lord, they have, they have walked with this hidden pain, this hidden sorrow, and they have, they've cried themselves to, to sleep at night, and they have carried this weight, Lord God, when you never intended for them to carry that, that weight. You said to cast our cares upon you. You said that your burden is light. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us Lord, right now, that one that is hurting, that one that needed to hear this, I pray that you would fill the, that room, fill the, 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 wherever they are with the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that God, that you would reach through across time and space, and God, that you would touch them, that you would remind them how close you are, how much you love them. And God, I pray that in Jesus' name, that, that we would begin to walk in peace we would begin to walk in, in, in your peace instead of walking in fear and worry. And God, those that are hurting, I pray that they would go back to the cross. That they would spend time reading about the cross and meditating on the cross. And they would remember that is evidence that God loves me. Because he took my place. I should have been the one crucified. I should have, had, I should have been the one paying for my own sins. And yet he took my sins upon himself. And he bore all of that sorrow, all of that pain, and he he took my penalty. And because of that, I know, I know that you are for me. And I thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. I pray that you would keep your people, sustain your people. And Lord, if there's anybody out there, anybody that's watching this that is saying for the first time, they're they're just saying, Lord, I, I need you. I submit myself to you. God, I pray that you would save them, that you would bring them into relationship with Christ and Lord I pray that you would you would grow them and make them the man or the woman of God you created them to be and we thank you for all of it in the strong name of Jesus Amen